cops are pretty skeptical from what i've seen that's what you get they said they're busy with the carnival but agreed to do a wellness check when they said that you're okay they sounded almost entertained they said you had some funny friends and it's always someone's birthday in your building we got bored, so we started a podcast about a bar band, man. It's called The Hood Rat Recap. We are your steady stream of the unified scene, all news and reviews of the best bar band in the world we call The Hold Steady. Hello. I am stage right, Mike. I thought it would be best if I hung around the upper Midwest, so that's what I did. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host... The Unified Scene's very own King of Queens, Gasper. Gasper, we have a review today. Yes, we do. Happy Craig Finn Day. <laughs> yeah. So we got we got new music, a new album. So we're going to just kind of have a little mini episode here, just our initial thoughts on the album. Um, I just heard it. I mean, we're recording on Friday. Uh, you know, we had our Hood Rat review. Uh, what do you call it? early release i got to hear it at 11 p.m thursday night <laughs> i think it's just i think it was because it was uh 12 eastern that they released it so i got to hear you know our our special early release at 11, yeah, 11 <laughs> yeah our sneak preview that's what kind of poll we have here at the hood rat recap so <laughs> so what are your initial reviews gasper man i i really like this record a lot it's uh i so he had said um, early on that, you know, it's a little different than what he's done, and I agree. Um, some of it almost has more of a country feel to it. Not that I would call it country music, but um, it's really good. There's almost every track on this record is great. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. My favorite thing about it is the consistency of, I think, every track on it, like you said, is great. I think it's his most consistent album. I've only listened to it like three times, but so far I think it's his most consistent album where it's every, you know, every track's consistently good. I hear a lot of Glenn Campbell. Maybe that's kind of the country you're hearing. Okay. Um, and I hear, yeah, I hear more strings, a uh, little less horns, a little more strings. Although Amarillo Kid had a little keyboard action, a little almost synthesized. Yeah, music. there's almost like a, there's like some 80s stuff going on synthesized wise. Which is kind of cool. Um, I think the songs that he went with initially, Messing with the Settings and Birthdays, are, are definitely the strongest on the record. Um, but there's some other tracks here that are going to become quick favorites. Uh, I think off the bat, uh, A Break from the uh, Barrage is, is my third favorite on the record. Yeah, I that I agree. That one really uh, stood out to me. The Amor, Amorello kid. I can't say it the way he says it. That one was really good. I like that one a lot. Um, but I think there's going to be some like uh, Never Any Horses, Curtis and Shepard. I think the, I think they're all going to be favorites once I listen to them a few more times. They they all have really deep stories, and I think they'd be rewarded by many re-listens. Yeah, absolutely, and. The other thing I think that stands out on this record, um, Annie Nero is doing vocals, um, and also Cassandra Drank Jenkins, at least on a break from the barrage, but I'm pretty sure it's Annie Nero that, that's a little more prominent on this record, and it, it's 
it really fills out the songs nicely, man. Like I, I, I love when he uses her, and it just seems like she's on this a lot more. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, there's a couple over. He has like the spoken word, and then it goes into her singing, um, which I really thought was a good mix with it. Um, some of my other impressions are I'm trying to count, but I think it's at least four songs mention a fish tank. But I think it might be five songs actually. <laughs> did you pick up on that too? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's kind of all over the record. Um, there's some deciphering that I need to do. <laughs> I actually went looking for lyrics, um, and unfortunately, it's so new that they're just not out there. This is what what kind of stinks about not having an actual record in your hand. I mean, because record release day, like y- you want to be sitting there and checking out the the liner notes and the lyrics and the cover and like that just doesn't happen anymore that it doesn't exist um i have them right here gasper where'd you find them it's a it's a little company called apple music <laughs> and they have them they, that's because i'm a they, spotify uh, guy <laughs> yeah you're, you spotify guys yeah um yeah so i, I kind of gave them a quick read and that's when i was i was trying to figure out how many how many uh songs had the fish tank uh pre-release he had a little spoken word thing it was almost like a movie and he talked about having a cousin or a friend that broke a fish tank mm-hmm. and then uh in birthdays he said you know the fish tank was just meant to be a temporary home and i go oh that must be i go well, lucky i heard that spoken word thing or i didn't i wouldn't realize there's a broken fish tank but then he does in the uh uh I can't remember. I think it's Jezamine where they, he break, where somebody breaks the or never any horses. He talk, they talk about punching the the fish tank. Yep. So uh, and then it's in four or five songs. It's just something a little early. Yeah, there's there's one reference catch. to it that I think it's like every dealer has a fish tank or something like that. Yeah, and then she has. Uh, I can't remember if it's Curtis and Shepard or she forgets to feed them and they float to the top. And yeah, <laughs> so. It's in at least four or five songs, so that's pretty crazy. Um, okay, yeah, so, I mean, I really like it. I think it's really consistent. It's going to be a really deep listen. Um, I also had great time listening to that 30, what is it, like 30, 35 songs that Craig released, that little Spotify playlist. Yeah, I love when he does um, that. Like, he did that for uh, I Need a New War as well, uh, and that's that's always so much fun because it's, you're getting an idea of where he got his inspiration from and it's it's mm-hmm. pretty cool like it's it's like it's not like you could line up the songs and be like oh yeah this is just like that but you can kind of get the feel and the vibes that he was going for so yeah so i, I recommend everybody give find that his uh his playlist on spotify um it starts out with messing with the settings and birthdays but then i he has one of my like i told you one of my all-time favorite songs uh some Velvet Morning by Nancy Sinatra and Lee Hazelwood. And Lee Hazelwood's got one of my famous, or one of my favorite male voices of all time on songs. Hmm. And then um, he had some new, like Arab Strap, is, uh, he had some spoken word. And I, they're a group I'm going to have to check out because they, they really impressed me on that playlist. Um, so, did you, now we had some questions from Craig when he did the video questions. And... uh. I know the Hood Rat Recrap, we asked him some questions, and he answered one of them, and a, a lot of other people asked questions. Yeah, the Ask uh, Craig Finn thing on, on Twitter was very cool. All right, so, Gasper, I thought we would just kind of read these off here and play Craig's answers. 
Um, so the first question was asked by uh, Mike Munson, whoever whoever that is. <laughs> I, I, I think we know <laughs> that, that guy. guy. Yeah, I think we know him. Okay, so I, I asked Craig, uh, when you start writing a song, do you know right away that it will be a solo song or one for the group? Or can that change by the time you finish writing the song? Let's hear Craig's answer. Hey, Mike. Um, so when I'm writing songs uh, for the Hold Steady, I'm most often just writing the lyrics. One of the other guys, Tad, Franz, or Steve, gives me music, and I'm putting lyrics to it. Uh, with the solo stuff more often, I'm sitting here with my guitar and my piano and uh, figuring things out. And um, so uh, most often that kind of... Uh, just that aspect of the creation takes care of it for me. Yeah, so I I thought uh, Craig answered it really elegantly there. And just listening to the new album, um, I really seen that the songs are so different than Hold Steady songs that I think he once he gets it going, like he said, once he starts creating it, he's writing the music for it. It, um, you know, I think he he has a definite direction it's going in. I don't see him like switching halfway through midstream uh what right. do you think gasper yeah but it's it totally makes sense because i mean when you when you think about it like yeah that with the whole steady stuff there's going to be all the other members of the band having influence on what's going on and and tad being a uh, principal songwriter and providing the music it's going to change the whole vibe um of how things go but with this it's it's just craig and and his direction and where he was going so i i totally get what he's saying Excellent. All right. Did you want to read out the next yeah, question? So our second question comes from a good friend of the podcast, Dave Woodcock, who we uh, interviewed on the uh, in uh, England. So Dave asks, when the time comes to cast Hold Steady biopic, which actors, living or dead, would play the band members? Bonus question. What would the film be called? Hey, Dave. Uh, good question. I don't think I'm, uh, I think I'm scared to uh, cast the rest of the Hold Steady, so I'm only going to do myself. But if there was a Hold Steady movie, and I could pick any actor, I would pick an unfortunately deceased Peter Sellers at his clumsiest to play me. Um, as for what it would be called, uh, Rock Problems, maybe? Um, uh, yeah, I think that that's uh, Peter Sellers in Rock Problems, the Hold Steady story. <laughs> All right, Peter Sellers in Rock Problems, I like it. <laughs> So now, who would who would you cast to, as Craig in a biopic? Well, like we said, unfortunately, Peter Sellers is dead. <laughs> no longer with us. I guess I should say no longer with us, like Craig said. Um, I, how about this? Uh, Toby Maguire, when he had the glasses, didn't he wear glasses in one of the Spider Man? I, I could see or it. The last one, yeah, maybe. I could see it. Me and Heather were talking. He's got about the this. same smile. He's got the same smirk. I think <laughs> he <yeah>. does. <laughs> Me and Heather were talking about this, and like I think we would go with Elvis Costello as as Craig Finn. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, question number three. This comes from Lauren Wright, sixty six. Hey, Craig, do you have? Any very uncool guilty pleasure songs, bands that you love? I can't wait to see you in London in September. Hey, Lauren. Um, uncool or guilty pleasures? Uh, I don't really believe in those. I believe that uh, all music has some value. Um, I'll tell you though 
that uh, Billy Joel is an artist that I very much like and some of my Hold Steady bandmates would definitely disagree. Um, but not all of them. There's, there's two sides within the band. Um, very much look forward to be back in London. See you there. All right. So there you have it, Billy Joel, which uh, I kind of think of it. I don't think of him as an un- uh, guilty pleasure at all. I think he's pretty popular. But. I agree. I think Billy Joel is, is he, he transcends generations. Um, but I like his answer. So I got a very similar answer out of uh, Dickie Barrett from the Boston's way back when I used to do a fanzine with Heather. Um, and he once talked about how, like, the best mixtapes are the ones that start off, like, with the rock song and go into a country song and go into a polka song. And it's like, it's, it's, it's about good music. It's not about one particular genre, one particular type. Um, so I, I kind of like that, that answer as well. But uh, I agree with Craig. But if you were going to pick a guilty pleasure, like, what would your guilty pleasure be, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, right now, I don't know. Is it, I like Pulse. I've been listening to Pulse Malone a lot. I don't know. Would that be a guilty? He's kind of popular. Yeah, no, I kind of like him. That's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Um, otherwise, I don't know. I guess. I guess I already said, like, listen, I tell everybody, listen to that first album, that Nancy Sinatra, Lee Hazelwood album. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great album. My parents got me into that one, so it's really good. Yeah. Okay. Like it. All right, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus. I think if I was going to name a guilty pleasure, I used to love and probably still do. Remember the band Rat back in the 80s? The, the hair metal yeah. bus. So yeah. that is a guilty pleasure for me. <laughs> They're now they're, lately. They've last been seen in the Geico commercial, and they don't they say we have rats. We have rats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Their house has a rat yeah. infestion or rat infestion. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who, who reads the next? I can't remember who reads I think the next. That's one. on me. Okay, so the next question is from tonight's hero at Twitter, uh, and he asks, "What is your most anticipated new album for 2022 as a rock fan?" Uh, hey, um, tonight's hero. My antis- most n- anticipated new album for 2022. Uh, I think both of them come out just recently. The new Fontaine's record. I love that band. I love this new record. And also the MJ Lenderman record. I think it's called Boat Songs that just came out and is so good. Um, so fantastic. I've been listening to songs for the last number of months and uh, was really excited looking forward to this one. It does not disappoint. Okay. I'm going to have to check those two out. I have not checked those two I out. I haven't either, but I did throw them both in my Spotify uh, playlist to check them out, so I will be listening to them soon. Excellent. All right, and so then I think I have the next question. This next question comes from Praise the Gourd. Um, hey, Craig, last solo record was your New York record. Any places in particular that are prominent on this one? Hey, what's up, Ben? Uh, you asked about the geography around uh, this new record. And you're right, last record did deal a little more with New York. This not so much, um, but I was just going through what places I mentioned on this record. I think there's Denver, Amarillo, Texas, Buffalo, New York, Wichita, Kansas, Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that might be it. Um, I'm, I'm racking my brain, but that sounds about it. But uh, thanks for asking. You'll, you'll see soon. All right. So you don't get as much New York this time, Gasper. 
No. <laughs> Although uh, <laughs> Buffalo is Buffalo is New York technically. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. All right. Uh, gonna jump into the next question. This is coming from Tony V four thirty three. Going through lockdown really made a lot of people realize the need for connection. Would you ever foresee an album where you are co-writing with another artist or singer or songwriter? Hey Tony, yeah, I think um, you're onto something. I think that um, that connection was something that we all missed a lot during the pandemic um, and still do. As far as collaborating with other artists, yeah, I, it's something I'm always interested in if it feels natural and if it feels right. I mean, sometimes it's kind of just a square peg in a round hole. Um, but I do believe that two people coming together can make something better than the sum of their parts. So I'm always open to that kind of thing. So, so who would you like to see him collaborate with? Uh, I mean, there's a there's a host of people, but wasn't there like um, they at least teased each other on Twitter about um, the Mountain Goats and, and Craig putting out a record together a while back? It was like a, an exchange on Twitter. I actually was kind of hoping that would really happen. I'd love to see them collaborate with the Mountain Goats. Uh, how about you? Um, oh, I was just going to add to that. Have you ever seen on YouTube, he does where he sings with the Mountain Goats and they sing, I'm going to make it through this year. Craig changed, they changed the lyrics to if it kills me, kills me or it almost killed me. And now whenever I hear that song, I want to hear that part of the song. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I just wish that was part of the song. Cause every time I hear that song now, I know it's, song, it's <laughs> perfect, right? Like, but I love that video. There's a, there's yep. another good video. Um, on YouTube where he's playing with uh, Titus Andronicus. And I believe they each do a song of, of the others. Um, I don't know where the show was. It kind of looks almost like it's a very small venue or maybe even somebody's basement. <laughs> but it's a pretty cool video if you check it out. Um, yeah, I, I saw that one live in Minneapolis they did in a small venue. Oh, okay. And I think they did it more than... I don't know if that video was there because they did it more than once. But yeah, they played each other's songs and then... When I saw him live, him and Titus Andronicus, I can't say his name, they did uh, the replacements, uh, 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 Bastards of Young. Oh, cool. They did, Bas they did Bastards of Young together, yeah. Nice. So number seven comes from, we'll call him Dylan, Dylan Wholehouse, I don't know what it is. Um, and Dylan asks, your first solo record, Clear Heart, isn't part of the most recent trilogy. I love it and appreciate its connection to my native Texas. What are your thoughts on that album now? Hey, uh, my thoughts on Clear Heart, Full Eyes, uh, my first solo album, very, very important in my life. Uh, it was, you know, the first time I made a solo record and made it with a bunch of guys I didn't know, which felt like um, scary at the time. But in the end, doing something that I really loved and creating that record gave me a ton of confidence to pursue things outside the hold steady and allow me to work on a whole bunch of different kind of music so very important yeah man i i love clear heart that's probably one of my favorite uh craig finn solo records i mean you love them all but it's there's a lot of great songs on that record i agree it's yeah it sounds a little different than the other ones um yeah, I know, I know we were thinking about doing a 10-year re review on that one that we still have to put, maybe we still put together sometime if we could clear the schedule, yeah. but 
Yeah, that's a that's a fun record. Yeah. All right. So yep. let's go to number eight. All right. Do you see yourself writing an album of happier music at some point? <laughs> that's coming from Jeremy the singer. <laughs> Do I make? Do I see myself making an album of happier music? Um, to me, this is happy music. Uh, even when songs are sad, um, they acknowledge that we as humans get sad. And I think that uh, listening to, performing, singing along to sad songs makes us realize that we're human and that sadness can be part of the human experience. Um, I find hope in all my songs, and uh, I'm going to keep writing songs that uh, express the way that I feel right now. Um, I really like that answer. It's, it reminds me a lot of, uh, in the same vein of, a, of Blue October, if you're familiar with them, um, they kind of see their music as like a form of therapy. And so while it all does seem depressing and sad, like it's about getting that out and, and doing that in a group in that forum of live music. Um, so I, I think that's pretty cool. What do you, what do you think, Mike? Um, I agree. I think, I think this album, the new album, really taught me made me think of the last couple years that we've all been through um all his characters i like the fact that his characters are just everyday people or at least low level kind of involved maybe kind of with the crime scene maybe that doesn't make them everyday but they're low level um and, and they just seem like everyday people that are trying to do the right thing and every time they try to do the right thing they get knocked black another block or another step kind of like what we've been going through the last couple years so um, yeah, I really appreciate it. I, I think it's really, I think his music's whole is hopeful, and I think it's funny and 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 I I don't know. I agree. I think it's great. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you got the next one. We'll uh, see if you recognize who this uh, this question's from. Yeah, this next one uh, is from a, a little organization called the Hood Rat Recap. <laughs> so we basically asked Craig. Um, uh, Craig, you have said your last three albums were a trilogy of sorts. Is this latest album in continuity with them or part of a new series or is it its own direction? Let's see what Craig had to say to the Hood Rat Recap. Hey to the Hood Rat Recap. Um, yeah, this new album to me feels like a new direction from the trilogy. I guess some of the themes are same and certainly some of the people I made it uh, with are the same. But we really kind of... Uh, went somewhere else i think with the music um one of the biggest uh, elements to that is there's quite a bit of strings uh, done by trey pollard at space bomb they make the songs very big very cinematic and very exciting to me yeah i i tend to agree um this record is very different than than the ones that have come before and i mean sound wise i think each of them have been different uh, than each other um but this definitely not being part of the trilogy, so it's telling its own story, and it really does feel like it is its own thing. Um, I, I think you see a lot of, like you pointed out with the fish tank, and the, there's things within itself that um, it's kind of calling back on and stuff. It's its own kind of little puzzle to unravel, which which makes it very cool. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the first album definitely wasn't part of the trilogy. That was a little Americana kind of sounding. Um, and then this one, I, w I wouldn't say is part of the trilogy. I think it's a new one. It's uh, like he said, it's more strings, a, a little less horns, a little more strings, and uh, a little more spoken word kind of mixed in with some of the, uh, and then they'll mix the singing in with a few songs. 
Um, you know, we, we haven't had too much of the spoken word except for God in Chicago a couple albums back. So, um, and I think it was a lot more emphasized on this. This had a little bit more of the Nick Cave, uh, Leonard Cohen. It had a little Leonard yeah, Cohen, Nick Cave sure. to it. And I, and I thought this album was really consistent, really happy with it. I think we had one more question. Yeah, that brings us to our final question. Um, and I think this is the question that a lot of a lot of us out there want to know. Um, so this is coming from R.S. Trim. Hey, Craig, are you going to be doing any U.S. stops for the solo tour, uh, specifically West Coast? Hey, Ryan. Hello from me and Rosalita. Uh, yes, we will. Um, you will be seeing some more. U.S. tour dates before too long. Most of them will be in the fall. Um, we hand, we plan to hit a bunch of places, myself and the Uptown Controllers, including the West Coast. So um, keep your eyes peeled. Uh, we hope to see you out there. All right. So uh, U.S. stops in the fall, which I'm just, I'm kind of jealous. I think I said this before. You're you're going to see him the end of this month, pretty much, right? Or is it the end of next month? June 28th, I'm going to see him in, in St. Paul, my hometown. So, yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, I, I know I'll, we'll be reviewing that on, on the Hood Rat Recap here. Hopefully I'll get to talk to some other fans if we can uh, hear their voices on, on the episode. Um, anybody interested in talking to me about it that's going, uh, let me know, and uh, we'll get together and talk about it. But, yeah, I'm really excited about it, really looking forward to it. Um, like I've said in the past, on other episodes, I've seen Craig. I think I've seen Craig solo. I think I'm going to pass the hold steady, just because he, the one year, uh, uh, on his second album, he played here like six or seven times. I saw him at First Avenue. I saw him at a free, a free outdoor block party once. I seen him open for uh, Jap- Jap- Japan Droids. Is that mm-hmm. their name? Japan Droids. Did I say that right? Japan Droids. Yep. I saw him open for them. Yep, and then, and then, like I said, I saw him with Titus. So I've seen him like a. I've seen him solo more times, I think, than the whole study coming up here almost. So yeah, I'm really awesome. looking forward to it. It's a great show. And, uh, yeah, man, I I can't wait myself. It's it's gonna stink to have to wait until fall, but um, it'll it'll definitely be worth it when it happens. Um, I've seen him at a couple places myself. I'm really kind of hoping he does City Winery uh, here in the city because that's a great venue. It's kind of like um, like you, you're sitting there and like it's a dinner slash like show type deal. Um, they they actually make a wine for the artist that's playing that night. So the last time I saw him, I got a bottle of Craig Finn wine, which was kind of fun. Um, wow. But I've also seen him at a, a place called Coney Island High, which used to be Brownies here in the city. That's a really, really small venue. Like if you think even smaller than CBGB's, if you've ever been there, um, which was kind of cool. Everyone's like crowded around this little mini stage, and, and that was a lot of fun. So we'll see where he plays in New York, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. <laughs> and it's a little different show than, you know, the, I encourage anybody who hasn't seen Craig Finn solo and you've been to a lot of Hold Steady shows. It's really different. Like this venue that I'm, I'm going to see him at the Turf Club in St. Paul. And last time I saw him there, you know, he could. It, you'd get quiet between a verse or whatever, and you could hear the bartender, like, uh, blundering a drink, mixing a drink. That's how quiet it was. So it's, it's sometimes <laughs> it's a little different than the hold steady. Sometimes it gets a little raunchy. So, yeah, it, I'm really looking forward to it. 
So here's a, a weird question for you. Where's the weirdest place you've ever seen Craig play? I guess it would probably be the, oh, can I count the hold steady or, uh, or, or, is it, uh, sure. or, is it just, or do you just want Craig? Uh, I guess the, the weirdest place I ever saw the hold steady play was they played is a place. I'll do that one first. It's a, it's a, it sounds like a hold steady song. They played in front of a Catholic church under an underpass, a freeway underpass. Uh, <laughs> and, um, Counting Crows was playing at the same time at the other stage. So, like, as soon as Hold Steady uh, finished, I ran over and I heard their final song, I think it was Rain Kings. So I heard the final Counting Crows song. Um, and I guess the weirdest place I've ever seen uh, uh, Craig Finn play was the Pizza Luce block party, which was outdoor in, in downtown Minneapolis. And it's, uh, it was just a pizza place that threw it. And uh, it was free. And uh, he was playing. And... I got front and center again and uh, got a pretty big crowd. So, yeah. How about you? What's the weirdest place you've ever seen him? So uh, the weirdest place I've seen uh, Craig, and it was Craig Solo, uh, was when he was previewing I Need a New War. Um, so he held like a little impromptu con concert, which you probably, there's footage of it out there. Um, if you've seen him performing I Need a New War and he's wearing like a dark suit, like a black suit, um, it was at this place called Murmur which Murmur is, I guess, a, it's almost like a pop-up nightclub that happens inside of a synagogue. They, they must, like, rent out their auditorium to be used as, like, a nightclub or, or a venue where bands can play. And so, yeah, we went to, like, the synagogue to see Craig, Craig play. It was very weird. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that is cool. <laughs> All right, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, be great to have Craig on the show at some point, right, Mike? Like, I'd love to <laughs> to try to get that interview to happen. If you're listening out there, Craig, <laughs> <laughs> I think it could happen. So. Gasper, we got some upcoming episodes coming up here on the Hood Rat Recap. Um, uh, can you believe it? We're actually going to be covering, we weren't planning on it, but we're actually going to be covering the Australian shows because we had Christian was uh, so gracious enough to volunteer his time and he's going to come on and we're going to talk a little bit about the Australian show. So we got the other, other side of the globe covered. Yeah, I'm kind and, of excited um, about that. That's, uh, that's going to be fun. The, uh, yeah. He's he seems pretty excited about uh, doing the podcast, too, so I think we're going to have a good time with him. That'll be great. And then I know you're going down to Nashville, so you'll have that covered, and hopefully you can talk to some people when you're down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if if you're going to the Nashville shows, uh, try to keep an eye out for me if you can. I'm going to wear a Hood Rat Recap uh, podcast T-shirt so that I'm easily spotted, and uh, we'd love to uh, maybe do like a man-on-the-street type of thing and uh, and get you on the podcast as well, so keep an eye out for me. Sweet. Yeah. Just talk. To, look to the, for the guy with the microphone. That's <laughs> That's not Craig. No. <laughs> so, so Gasper, why don't you, if anybody wants to reach out to us and talk about future shows, where can they find us? All right. So you could... You can find us on Facebook. Uh, just search for the Hood Rat Recap uh, podcast. And if you're looking for us on Twitter, it's at Hood Rat Recap. And you can send us an email to the Hood Rat Recap at gmail.com. 
All right. And I, I guess I should clarify, they can reach out to us about anything. They don't have to be just talking about future shows. We'd like to connect with you on any level. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and um, before I forget, there's two more days on our on our social media poll, T-shirt tucks versus wait a while. Uh, we got a couple of votes in, and uh, please feel free to vote. That's uh, on Twitter if you're looking for that. All right. I, I haven't been keeping up on that, so I know we, we voted three to nothing for T-shirt tucks, but I'd like to see what the fans say, so I'll have to check that out. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, I was going to roll a dice on that, and we'll have to see... We'll have to see who we get. Uh, we'll have a lucky winner gets a little shout-out yeah. on the air here. All right. Nice. All right, so that's going to wrap it up for us. Thanks for joining us for another episode. And uh, I'm Gasper. This is Mike and us guys and all of you guys. We are all the Hood Rat Recap. Yeah. Killer parties almost killed me.